0: Hello, my name is Jeremy Wyeth. I'm president and CEO of Treasury Metals and really excited to be here to take you through our pre feasibility study that we completed yesterday.
1: Uh, Jeremy, good to see you. Oren, good to see you too. Um, guys, okay, we're going to go through this PFS um, in, in a second because um, there's it, it's, it's a lot of um, information there, which I think would be quite interesting to look at. But I've got to ask the question why on earth would you put out an economic study? in this environment. In fact, most bankers are advising that companies don't do that. Most companies are shying away from it. Why have you done
0: it? Matt, good question. And we did have a lot of people that said to us, it's the markets are not right and you shouldn't do it. But I think I need to remind you again, you know, we're a team of people that have built minds and we all joined this company to take this project through, from a PEA to a PFS, through FS into construction. And I think if, you, if you're part of a marketing and you're marketing the, the project, but you're not really looking at going out and building it, then maybe you don't, you don't put studies out. But when I look at the numbers, we're actually very proud of those numbers, and they're not, they're not insignificant. We're talking 336 million NPV at 1750 gold. You know, a couple of weeks ago, we were at 1950 gold, and that takes us close to half a billion dollar NPV on this. Capital's $335 25% IRR. So I think if you may be marginal and you're not really going to build it, then maybe you, you do step back from it. But I think the message here is we have a solid project, and we want to take it through and build it. And You can only get to that stage by going through all the different stage gates. And putting the PFS out is a very important stage gate. And I think, you know, when we spoke, I think on our first meeting, Matt, we spoke about the PEA and we said, it's grounded. We're going to grow the resource. We're going to grow the economics. And I'm very proud to say the team has done that. We grew the resource from PEA to PFS. And now we've actually met or exceeded um, a lot of the economics from the PEA in the PFS. So, you know, I think it's this thing of we've been there, we've done it, and we're confident in ourselves to do it again. Okay. Well, okay, fair, fair point. You're
1: seeing the team of mind builders. thing, we've 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 discussed that before. Maybe you've got a slightly different approach. But again, if I look at look at the market, big disconnect between you know gold price last year and, and even beginning of this year and equities. People aren't kind of rushing back in there. Does does that not put some fear and in
0: parks, you know, concern about what the, what the future holds? Yeah, I think any, any developer, any explorer is, is going to be concerned about the market. We all are. Um, but, you know, at the end of the day, Matt, if you want to take a project through the different hoops, you've got to go through the stages. This is the first engineering study after the PEA. And the next step is the feasibility where we're preparing it for construction. So if you halfway through that and the market picks up, you've still got quite a time span before you can build this. So our plan is to go through those stage gates and get it ready for building. And if the market's ready for it, it will be built. If the market isn't, we have to you know, reevaluate it. And Oren has a lot of experience in raising capital. So we will evaluate as we're going through. But to be honest with you, if you look at it now, we probably 12 to 18 months from raising money. So, am I absolutely concerned about the market? Not right now. We've got eighteen months, and we've seen what can happen in eighteen months in a gold market. Okay, well, <clears throat> that, that's true. Well, look, um,
1: why don't we run through some numbers? Because what I'd like to understand at the end of it, because obviously these are you know, a PEA is a kind of you know what what we could do. This is what we should do. PFS is kind of what we should do, and the feasibility study is what we will do. Right? So the, the numbers are getting more. Um, there's more certainty around, around the numbers, right? And given the backdrop of what's gone on last year, I think that think this it's it's good to be able to advance projects for sure. Let's run through this. And you've offered to kind of run through a PowerPoint, which I think would be great. So let's do that. At the end of which, what I want to understand from you is um, the the time frame through to you know uh, feasibility study because you know you've done this now you've got to go again feasibility study that also be looking at your your thoughts around being able to continue to reduce costs whether it be ASIC or or, or, or AIC or um, quite frankly the kind of ca- type of cash that you could generate um, those are the sorts of things I'd like to get into really understand how you over the period of development improve things if you can but maybe let's start with the, with the presentation um, I think Oren you're going to run it, take takes through some of that aren't you
0: I think, Matt, if we just, where we are on that slide right now, we've been through some of the numbers. 336 million NPV, 25.4% IRR at 1750 gold. 335 CAPEX, 2.8-year payback. So this is is solid when you're looking at financing. Those are all things that help us. 13-year life of mine. We improved from under 100,000 ounces per year to almost 110,000 ounces per year for the first nine years. Um, 1.2 million ounces recovered, less than $900 per ounce cash cost, and just over a 1,000. That's for the first nine years. And Oren can take us through a slide later where we break it up into segments, and you actually see the strength of this project in the first five and the first nine years. And then the part I love about it, it's, it's a technically simple project and we have huge upside for exploration we've still got a, a large belt that is pretty much underexplored
1: okay but to, what look you've been you've been um doing the phone calls you know um making sure people you know have heard this story over the past couple of days since this has come out um what's the reaction being from the institutional guys because you know you are at that stage where they
0: should be starting to look at you but what's the feedback Uh, Matt, over the last six months, everyone has been saying, put out your pre-fees and then we want to engage because people generally have had a really positive outlook on the project. But at a PEA stage, they're saying that's typically promotional. Let's get your your stake in the ground, put out a PFS. So we've been engaging now that went out last night. We've been engaging over the last 12 hours with a lot of people and they're all starting to set up we have a lot of meetings set up over the next few days and there are quite a few conferences coming so the plan is to is to get out um and get the word out there and get the message out there so that people can understand the, the value opportunities in this project okay okay and
1: um i'm just sort of looking at the the, the stock price. Uh, of you and your peers, um, the last two days have been pretty brutal for a lot of gold companies. Not quite sure why. Um, there's there's obviously things afoot out there. And um, you guys haven't done too badly. You hold, you hold, you're holding your own. Um, what, what 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 what's your message kind of to the to the retail guys now in terms of you versus your peers, um, given the numbers you're demonstrating here? You
0: know, I think we've. We look today at the market, and we've seen a whole lot of people that have dropped quite a bit today, and we haven't. We've been pretty flat. Um, to me, that's a win in a in a market where you've got a where people are dropping, and you stay flat on it. That's a win for us. Um, you know, there's there's not a lot of projects with these numbers in this jurisdiction with the federal EA in place you know, right on the Trans-Canada Highway, all those items with a team in place that can build it. So our job now that we have the study out is to actually get out and meet with a lot of the retail people and the institutional people and give them that update that they've been requesting um, while we were busy with the PFS. Right, okay, and one more question on this slide, if you don't mind, I'm probably
1: still with you, Jeremy, which which is you talk about a technically simple project, right? Um, And with expiration upside. Given the history, given what you walked into, given people's perception of life before you and your team of builders came along, what, it, what it, remind us, what have you done which makes this technically simple? Because that wasn't a perception previously.
0: Matt, I think the important thing here is, is I've put together a team of people that have all built before. So this is not a learning curve. We're not getting our school fees out of this. This is going in and building it. And we've actually, in in this last phase, we were planning to put the study out towards the end of last year. We found some really good opportunities, but it was opportunities from really detailed reviews, again, from people that have been there and done it. And we decided to delay it by a couple of months to actually get that value into the project because that's important. In markets that are depressed, you don't want to go out with a study that has huge upside in the next phase because the markets are brutal at the moment and you need to incorporate that value. So we've done that now and we've gone through from all the different areas. We've got way more experienced mining people, permitting people, processing people and we still have upside. There's not everything is in this, but again, this is part of the process you follow. We've all done this many times. You At each stage, you're unlocking more and more potential, and we said you know, in our first meeting, we'll grow the resource, we'll grow the economics. We've done that, and, and there's still more upside. In this resource, we don't have silver. So silver. At, sorry, we have silver at Goliath, we don't have silver at Goldland, because it the, the we, we sent 30,000 samples away to be tested and they weren't ready by the time we uh, we drew a line in the sand for this resource. So that'll come in in the next phase. And there's just another revenue generating opportunity. Okay, so see, so,
1: okay, put, put, put the team together. Um, Been there and done it before, get it. Um, And there's a, a process which you've started and okay, PFS is out, great. But the question was specifically around the technically simple statement because like i say previously the company struggled so
0: why is this now technically simple if you're in a if you're in an environment where there previously weren't technical people running it it was more run as an exploration marketing approach the team that's here now have actually built and operated mines so when it's technically simple, the process itself is a gravity CIL goal plant. There's nothing complicated about that, but it's how do you pull together the logistics, the team, and the technical skills to make this a simple project? It doesn't, you know, it has no, the, the logistics on this is one of the easiest I've ever seen. So we need to leverage off that. We ride on Trans Canada. We've got road, rail, power, and gas to our site. So we need to leverage that. The last one I did was for a 400-kilometer winter road. So these are the things where the logistics is very simple. The process itself is simple. The mining is not complicated. It's a, it's a basic, small underground mine and a couple of open pits. So pulling it together with a team that understand it, you can complicate this as much as you want to. But the idea is not to complicate it. The idea is to make it as simple as possible. But at the same time, it needs to be robust and it needs to be profitable. Right. Okay. Answered. Thank you. And Oren,
1: um, can you just take me through the um, sensitivity um, to to gold price? Because, you know, with the life of money, but of, you know, circa 1.3 billion, um, it's starting to be interesting, but there's probably more to be had, right? Yeah. And so we're using it.
2: 1750 gold prices are as our base case, but if you use, you know, kind of call it current prices of 1850 or even 1950, which we saw, you know, at the end of January, beginning of February, you're starting to get into, you know, 25, 50 percent higher NPVs than where we're at, and you know, at base case, you're generating 1.3 billion dollars of EBITDA and and free cash flows of 870 million dollars. You know, so you're paying back all that initial capital in two and a half or two point eight years, uh, and, and also during that time we're we're growing the underground mine. So you know this is this is something that's generating more than a hundred million dollars of free cash flow per year in those in those early years of the mine life at seventeen fifty. So you know you every every dollar of additional gold price you get, that's that's additional profit that's going into your genes. So um, you know, a 25% IRR at, at these prices, but, you know, 30, <laughs> 33 and a half at, at 1950 gold. So it, it really shows that, that leverage to, to higher prices, um, with this project. Okay. So as, as Jeremy described, as, as, as you're describing,
1: there's more to be had, but this is, a, this is, there's a good solid base from which to, which to build for, for, for sure. But obviously this, you know, there's going to be in terms of the production profile. I don't know who wants to sort of tackle this, but in terms of the production um, profile, um, I guess the name of the game would be to, through aspiration to be able to you know drive drive that um, up and obviously put more throughput, and therefore say for every for every dollar that comes in, you're it, it, it kind of looks the future looks good, right?
0: Um, do you want to tackle that one, Jeremy? Production profile is that for you? Yeah, I'll, I'll take you. I'll take me through that matter I mean if you look at that profile that's you no know, ounces per year um just under a hundred thousand in the in the first year then ramping up to almost 130 then sort of staying around the 120 110 range I mean you you you're talking here 109 thousand ounces per year over the first nine years and we'll see in a in a later slide how it's broken up but The last few years, we're treating, once we complete the underground and open pit mining, we're treating low and medium grade stockpiles. The process we've been through, and again, this is I think from having been there, is that we've done everything we can to pull answers forward. We need to do that. It helps your economics. So we've gone out of our way to pull the higher grade material forward, leave the lower medium grade material for the end. If you combine that with the fact that this is 330 square kilometers or 65 kilometers of strike, that's pretty much un- under explored. The process here is to bring more material in all the time so that we are not getting to that low grade stockpile which is the end of the life from sort of years nine, 10, 10 to 13 here. So as we replace with additional above average grade material, that 109 can increase or can continue for a longer period. So for me, this is, it's big enough to build it as, it as it is, but it has this huge upside that this could be 20, 30 years of my life. At the same time, it will be one of the, it will be the only mill in our area. So there are a lot of other properties around us that are just not, you know, if you take this project seven, eight, nine years ago, it wasn't big enough to build. They're not big enough to build. So we put a mill up and suddenly you've got toll treatment operations, you've got opportunities, we've got the infrastructure. You don't build these processing facilities for 10 years. These things last a lot longer than that. So our job then is to to work with the neighbors and fill it and we can see this facility generate a lot more cash flow for us.
1: See, that's kind of, that's getting quite interesting. I know we're just about to talk about um, free cash flow uh, and cash flow generated on this. And I always ask companies that kind of get into production, well, what do you do with it, right? Because usually it's plow it, back in the, back, plow it back in the ground and you don't necessarily get, you know, you know, for every dollar invested, you don't necessarily get $5 back. It's because they bury they, they it in the ground. They maybe dish out a few dividends here and there. And... um you know, quite frankly, it's maybe not the most efficient or, or best use of, of cash. So I'm going to ask you the same question. With the free cash flow that you have got, you've just talked about something which I'd not considered before: is what's going on in the district around you? Obviously, with the with the mill and the processing capability, cash constrained um, companies, smaller companies, yes, there's tolling agreements. Um, you've already got enough uh, land packages to kind of you know go, go after your own stuff. So what are the opportunities around you that that you see and you know how could you spend cash flow i mean we're a ways away but let, let's let's dream for a second
0: Aaron, i've got some i'll will put in a few numbers there then i'll let Orin talk to it as well but you know we're in a belt that's produced 60 million ounces of gold and around us there's another 40 million ounces in 43 101 resources so it's it's a gold belt This is a serious gold belt. So for us, it's a matter of first look at your own property because you're going to get the best return on that. But as soon as you're up and running, there are time frames that it takes to bring our resources into reserves and get them into the mine plan. So you start that process. It's way better for us to do that and, and commit that cost out of free cash flow than to be going out, raising, and diluting. So you have this opportunity. And Matt, I've worked on mines where each year we grew the resource by what we depleted. So you just keep going. It's a 10-year life of mine, and it stays a 10-year life of mine forever, and it's done out of cash flow. So we have that opportunity here. But then also, you know, there are already people knocking on the door and saying, well, you know, are you interested? We're doing this, we're doing that, we're close by You're on the Trans Canada. You can move stuff here quite easily. Um, So, those are the other opportunities for us. But, you know, homegrown for us is the first price. And then, second, we move out and we're starting to look. We've started looking at the neighborhood and what's going on. And, you know, there are other people that are getting to a similar stage as us, but they're not big enough. So, now's the opportunity. We need to get into production. We can't do that out of diluting and raising money to do that. We must do that out of free cash flow.
1: Yeah, you, you talk in the presentation about the first six year profile, the first nine year profile, and obviously Jeremy's talked about a, a kind of continuing ten year year um pro profile, ongoing ten year um, profile um to you know, for the for the company. How 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 has this been constructed in, in terms of the ambition or which may involve some of the things that Jeremy's just talked about? And how, you know, what you say to retail in terms of, you know, dilutionary events going
2: forward. And what what have you tried to sort of structure here? This this chart here shows kind of it breaks it out by segments, you know, the first five years. You know, that that's really what you finance a mine off of from a from a lending perspective. They look at what's your cash flow profile for for five years. And then what is, you know, what is the tail? What's the reserve tail after that? So, you know, this is showing $106 million a year of of post tax free cash flow. That includes thirty million dollars a year in sustaining capital, you know, low, you know, eight hundred twenty dollar cash costs, thousand dollar all in sustaining costs. Those are those are really good numbers. Um, but then even if you, you break it out, you know, to, to nine years and, and you're still less than nine hundred dollar uh, an ounce cash costs you know, $90, $90 million a year in, in post-cash, post-tax free cash flows. So that that shows the lending profile to be able to build this project. And then it shows that cash flow profile beyond that to say, okay, what are the opportunities beyond that? First first prize is, is what's on your own property. You know, can we find ounces on our belt? I think there's, there's lots of opportunity for growth within our own backyard. Um, and then let's look what's on the other side of the fence and, and can we use those cash flows for that? And then as we're successful in building this, we then have a team of people that have built a project and you can take those skills forward and find other projects to build, to build this and, you know, to take it from a single mine operation to a multi-mine operation.
1: Right. Okay. Given none of us can predict the future. Um, uh... I mean, I'm kind of looking the, the, the kind of the, the the cash costs and the, or the A, you know, wherever you want to go. H- how would people prefer to me- measure these things? But there's a kind of fluctuation um, there. You know, obviously, first five years look great because you've got a bit more certainty about you know this kind of hi- high grading that you're going to do at the beginning. You don't know what's going to come come through on the expiration, but there, but there again, it takes a long time for that to kind of come come into um, reserves. So. Um, why why do the costs kind of rise year six and six and nine and, um, and you, you know compared to the first five years?
2: I mean, on a cash cost basis, the 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 costs go up because your grade is starting to will start to come down. Um, so you know when you're you know deeper pits in in, in open pits, so you you know your your costs for mining and are going to go up. Um, but then you are seeing your your all-in sustaining costs is, is not increasing as much because. Your capital costs are coming down you're, you're not spending as much on on the underground mine um as where you were and, and then you look at year your 10 to 13 you know there's very little in terms of sustaining costs so your your cash costs versus your own sustaining costs are pretty much the same amount there uh so even though it's it's a low grade operation it still does generate free cash flows we are going to want to find ounces to replace those that are higher grade to keep the production profile at or or you know would be great if it was if we're producing more ounces in those years, but um, but it still generates it still ju- generates profits for 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 the operations and and generates NAV for for the project.
1: Right, and and in terms of capacity, nameplate capacity, um, are you able to? How quickly can you fill your own mill? You know, how likely are you to need to toll during any any period here?
2: I don't think there's I don't think there's a need for it in the first nine years, um, and then you know if there is better opportunities in years ten and beyond you know, we'll look at that. But I think that, you know, we've got a pretty good head start in terms of exploring on our own property to 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 find those ounces as opposed to having to go somewhere else for them. And and I think I think Matt, if you look at that,
0: you know, you're looking at a thirteen year mine life as we stand, we've still got to do a pre fees and two years to build it. So there's another three years. So that's sixteen years. So it's not like we suddenly saying we got to rush to get extra resources in. We've got time. It's just for us, it's the, it's what is the best thing to do for our shareholders and not to go out and dilute, to grow. It's big enough to build and let's use that cash flow to grow it as we move along because any drilling we do now will not actually end up in the feasibility study because it would come in first as inferred and then we'd need to move it into indicated. So it's, it's a couple of year process to do that and right now with markets the way they are, it's protect the shareholders and look after the our treasury and uh, make sure we keep it full so that we can do the work we need to do to get it construction or operations ready. So you did touch
1: upon it earlier, but um so Walt you said there's some things that didn't quite make it into the PFS. is there ex- existing uh, work which has happened which will make it into the feasibility study? whether it be the silver, or whether it be you know additional gold ounces, what what, what could we be looking
0: at? Orin, do you want to talk to the values on the silver? We can talk to that.
2: Yeah, I, I mean, you know, there was there's silver at Goldland. Um, it wasn't uh, it wasn't assayed for in the past, uh, but we re-ran all the pulps and, and, and samples over the last year. It didn't make it into the into the resource that went into the PFS, but we'll we'll make it into the feasibility study. And if you see a similar you know silver to to gold ratio that you see at, at at Goliath, you know, you could be looking at, you know, potentially another million ounces of silver, which, you know, is at, you know, current prices, you know, you're looking at close to $30 million Canadian uh, for the project. Um, so that's, you know, 15 to $20 million of additional NAV for the project because the, the plant is already set up to recover silver um, at, at Goliath. Um, and so it's a, it's a revenue opportunity for us at, at really no additional cost. And then, Matt, the other
0: areas as
2: well that I spoke to,
0: and these are part of what's shown as the opportunities. Goldland always is harder than Goliathol. So we want to do some more med test work because it carries a treatment premium of it's an extra cost to to grind. So we we want to make sure that that is totally representative. We don't want to be designing and over-designing this mold if we don't need to. So we're going to do that type of work. Um, we're looking at, you know, how we're we starting to combine packages so that if we combine civil works and pre-strip, how do we get to better packages where we get better economies of scale? Um, water is a big concern for us. So we, we're looking at how do we do how do we model the the water quality and the water quantity. So that we can at least make sure that we have the correct treatment facilities and we're not designing for something that we're not going to see, but we're also not designing that we underdesigned on that. And then both underground and open pit, we still see opportunities, how we can um, improve on the, once we get more geotech information, how do we improve on the open pit slopes? Um, in the underground side, we've got a, a robust mine plan, but I think there are opportunities there, maybe in interlevel spacing, how we can see uh, ways to reduce costs.
1: Okay, okay. Well, let, let's get let's get on to what, what I said at the beginning, it's kind of like you got here, but now you, you need to go again, right? So the so the next steps are oh what? What's the kind of big so what for people um, from this uh, conversation?
0: Matt, it's right now we we've put the PFS out. We're now in a situation to start what we call value engineering um, which is some of these trade-off studies that i actually want the answers for before i start doing too much feasibility study engineering because it you don't want to redo stuff so you do a bit of value engineering into the feasibility but at the same time all the baseline environmental work continues The provincial permitting process is typically based off your pre-feasibility work so we now have the designs the layouts and we can progress that Um, all the work we're doing with local communities and indigenous communities is continuing there's a lot happening there and we're going to continue that as getting people on board with us as we move the project forward Um, and then the exploration and the exploration we've spoken at length about is When is the right time? When do you go into that? How do you do that? And the team is busy with that. We typically in the summer have some very good programs where we can get on the ground. And um, there's certain areas we can only drill in winter. So this is seasonal and we're planning that as to how we progress it. But it's all stations go. It's, you know, we've now got a really good base again. and, And what I like about this is the base of a PFS is... It has more engineering in it than a PEA. And what's great is you de-risking this project as you move it through the different phases. And for me, we now at a higher, a greater de-risking, but we have the same economics. And the, the challenge for us now is to take it through the next phase, de-risk it even more and preserve the, the value in the project. Okay. Well, guys, look, I'm Appreciate you coming on and
1: sharing that with us because I know you're in the middle of <laughs> you're doing all of those calls that you have to do when these things um, come out. So last question is, okay, Time frame to feasibility coming out is
0: is when? Uh, typically, a, a feasibility matters is 9 to 12 months. So if we put a couple of months of, of um, value engineering and then into it, I'd be looking at early next year, we would see a feasibility study coming out permitting process should probably wrap up q2 q3 next year and financing would be a process we would run um, once the feasibility study is out you start the process before that but once the feasibility numbers are out so you're looking at q2 q3 next year and if all goes according to plan and the way we would like it we would be looking at a construction decision towards the end of next year Okay, and you're financed through to what phase? Um, The royalty we did last year will finance us through to probably
2: the end of the feasibility study.